Chapter One of the Greater Life and Work of Christ. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Greater Life and Work of Christ by Alexander Patterson. Chapter One Christ in the Eternal Past. The eternal past is an incomprehensible mystery. It is more so than the eternal future for the latter is an extension of the present and has much in common with it and therefore we may understand something of it but that before all things before man or earth or any material thing or being what then we face a dark silent empty and endless universe the opening words of scripture give us the first ray of light in the beginning god this is the first fact known or knowable to man but this adds to the perplexity god is incomprehensible at any time but in the eternal past in an empty universe question after question arises in the mind we find ourselves involved in a labyrinth of mysteries the very superiority of god to duration in space perplexes us the more john in the opening of his gospel adds a second fact to the first in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god this brings us to the remotest point revealed to man. Genesis takes us back to creation, but John leads us to the Creator before creation began. At this remotest point we see, side by side with God, a second person, and one we know. Here, where the lines of the perspective meet, stands Christ. He is with God, and the inference is clear that he was always with God. There never was a time when Christ was not as there never was a time when god was not in his epistle john adds a further statement of the eternity of christ the life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare unto you the life the eternal life which was with the father and was manifested unto us other scriptures also declare the eternal existence of christ the following identifies the eternal christ with jesus but thou bethlehem Ephratha which art little to be among the thousands of judah out of thee shall one come forth unto me that is to be a ruler in israel whose goings forth are from of old from everlasting under the figure or name of wisdom which corresponds to the word christ himself thus speaks of this eternal state the lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old i was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was with these all the statements of jesus and the apostles agree this truth is a great rest for the mind wearied in its efforts to penetrate the boundless past and baffled by the infinity of the three thoughts god and duration and space it is the person of christ which illuminates the eternal past as it is the presence of christ which is the glory of the eternal future we can judge of the former by the latter and both by the present for he is the same in this his yesterday and in the still greater forever as he is in his great to-day christ's relationship to god is described during this great past by this expression in the bosom of the father the attitude is the familiar one of john who rested his head on jesus's bosom and that of the beggar who reclined on abraham's bosom it is a comment on the statement the word was with god it declares how he was with god and his relationship to god this was to christ a state of infinite beatitude 
to this he looked back from the gathering shadows of calvary and in his prayer he referred to it in these words o father glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which i had with thee before the world was it was a peculiar and exclusive relationship for christ after that his glory and fellowship with god were shared with others and although for christ to share his glory is to increase it yet this undivided communion with the father was something which nothing could replace we must not exalt ourselves in our concerns on our world and race by supposing that any or all of these are necessary to the happiness or the glory of the godhead here is infinite glory and bliss before any created being or thing existed the fellowship of infinite beings we cannot know equal natures only can understand it it is the full flow on the level of perfect equality of perfect appreciation comprehension and affection there went out from each to the other the wealth of infinite love we may reverently inquire what was the subject of the divine conference in this remote point in the eternal past we are encouraged to seek to know for it has been revealed to us in some measure in the mind of god the whole future lay in a perfected plan awaiting execution it was undoubtedly the subject of divine contemplation we afterward read of instances of this mutual conference let us make man was the expression used in conference over the creation of man this reveals to us that there was a conference as well as the subject of that particular one we have a right to judge divine matters in some degree by our own ways for we are made in the image of god a father and a son looking forward to an undertaking in which both were mutually interested would confer as to the whole plan and as to each part of it when we remember that that plan was to be the beginning of what was to last forever after and in which christ was to have such a place we can see that it was worthy of such conference the expression before the foundation of the world which occurs in scripture refers undoubtedly to this remote period a study of the passages where this phrase occurs will give light upon this subject there is as follows blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who hath blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in christ even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blemish before him in love having foreordained us unto adoption as sons through jesus christ unto himself ye were redeemed not with corruptible things with silver or gold from your vain manner of life handed down from your fathers but with precious blood as of a lamb without blemish and without spot even the blood of christ who was foreknown indeed before the foundation of the world but was manifested at the end of the times for your sake who through him are believers in god father that which thou hast given me i will that where i am they also may be with you that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world the latter passage identifies before the foundation of the world with the eternal past we see clearly from these passages that the whole plan of redemption was in the mind of god in that distant past the blood of jesus foreknown before the foundation of the world here was all that was implied in redemption and its works it was no after consideration no remedy to correct a mistake it was part of the great original plan while we cannot fathom the purposes 
of omniscience it is profound satisfaction to see that all was known to god the whole history of the future and all its details the place of every person the effect of every act the course of all the ages the final outcome of all were known considered and arranged this is as sure as that god is god god has left no gaps there are to be no surprises nor any mistakes to be rectified every contingency was provided for we are now to contemplate christ at this point of his history he has a part in this great future he is to be a subject of the plan a beneficiary of it and above all its great executive he therefore must have regarded it with the most intense interest and expectancy he looks forward to activity to struggle to accomplishment to victory to the joy which shall come to himself an infinite blessing which shall come to myriads of created beings and more than all to the glory which shall come to god his father for christ personally it is a new life into which he is to enter he is to have a new companionship a company of beings are to be his for a peculiar possession they are to be his bride they are to take his nature and he is to take theirs herein lies the grandeur of the believer's position it is to this paul refers in the passage who saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works but according to his own purpose and grace which was given us in christ jesus before times eternal it is also to this period the scripture applies through whom also he made the worlds open bracket margin ages close bracket the ages were framed by the word of the great architect of the universe the duration of each period of the coming time and its character were established by him the eons necessary for the formation of earth and the old world of monstrous life and the afterworld of the present creation in the era of the antediluvians and the israelitish age in our own and that to follow and down to the last temporal world or age and beyond into eternity all were then framed by christ on the plan of god these are so framed together that they constitute one harmonious whole each part contributing to the other and dependent upon it the successive ages grow out of the previous age as plant from seed flower from plant and fruit from flower and yield each its harvest of results as god has purposed from the beginning and christ has appointed it is to christ's pre-existent state that the words the firstborn of all creation refer the expressions born or begotten refer to three manifestations of christ his resurrection the firstborn from or of the dead his birth of mary there is born to you this day in the city of david a saviour which is christ the lord and to his pre-existent state the firstborn of all creation in the resurrection he became the firstborn from the dead and was manifested in a glorified body in his birth of mary he revealed himself in a human nature or soul with all its properties this first manifestation of christ we can scarcely understand but judging from the subsequent experiences to which the same expression is applied and the connection of the term with the coming creation it was a definite revelation of himself purely spiritual in which he prepared himself for the execution of the great plan which lay before him all these revelations were peculiar to christ he was in each the only begotten son of god in a sense also in each he was the firstborn among many brethren 
it is the same difference and similarity which exists in all things between christ and his people he lived our life and we live his by primogenitor in all these respects but especially in the primordial manifestation christ entered a position of sanctity dignity privilege responsibility and infinite possibilities the firstborn was holy unto the lord god's especial property and servant so christ became god's great servant in a sense perhaps impossible in his original divine personal equality with the father christ is also by primogenitor lord of all he is by his resurrection the head of all glorified saints by his birth the first of all humanity and by his primordial manifestation first and lord of all intelligences in earth or heaven by these successive manifestations christ by the divinely acknowledged law of primogeniture received the birthright also he became thereby successively prophet priest and king to all seceding things beings and ages he is prophet by his primordial manifestation priest by his incarnation and king by the resurrection from the dead these offices far transcend the relationships to israel and the church they are the great universal offices to all creation especially was this true of his prophetic office it was as prophet he acted from this on as will be seen until redemption the spiritual manifestation of christ was his special fitting for this office which is peculiarly a spiritual one it is the spirit of the prophet which receives the message and it is in the spirit he does his work the holy spirit had in christ then a perfect spirit to which and through which he could and did communicate and speak and act christ also assumed in this spiritual manifestation vast responsibilities he stands to all coming creation and beings as adam stood to the human race from him all proceed on him all depend their loss is his loss whatever consequences befall the coming creation christ must bear the whole responsibility and guilt and fate the destroyer attacks the firstborn so also the deliverance depends on christ their ruin is his to remedy we see here the ground plan of redemption it is inwoven in the very nature of christ he is before all things and in him all things consist in this christ entered upon the great plan of the ages and fully committed himself to the great undertaking in this primordial manifestation christ ever after revealed himself until his incarnation in this he was creator in jehovah in this he was the angel of the covenant in this he is regarded as subservient to god it was the first of the steps by which the eternal and infinite god in the person of his son descended to and entered into connection and fellowship with finite and created things the title applied to christ in this manifestation is the word it is the designation of his prophetical office kramer writes of this as follows when st john calls christ according to his eternal being the word this must not be regarded as the expression and designation of his inner divine relationship christ is called the word because of what he always is for the world and on account of what he is for the new testament church and thus designated viz the representation and expression of what god says to the world he in whom and by whom god's mind and purposes toward the world find their true and full expression his relationship to the world and to mankind rests upon this 
this title then is the designation of christ after entering the relationship spoken of in the first manifestation of himself and refers not to the eternal relationship of christ to god the father but his subsequent relationship as the manifestation of god contemplating and conducting the great plan now being entered upon the word declares christ's relationship to god in his first manifestation of himself as a word is to the thought as a perfectly expressive word declares the very thought so christ manifests the mind of god the whole wisdom of god is shown in christ therefore this title wisdom is also applied to christ it is also to christ in this character that the scripture refers which reads in him were all things created he was god's plan of creation as will be seen he is the embodiment of god's purposes from first to last in all ages there is more than wisdom or plan in this title god's word is equal to his act it is clothed with the plenitude of energy the prophet works as well as speaks indeed looking at the earthly office it is by the prophet alone that not only all god's words were spoken but all his acts were performed up to the time of his redemption in this office then and in this title were expressed and effected all that was said and done by christ up to the assumption of the seceding offices of priest and king it was as the word he acted not only in creation all things were made by him but it was as the word he acted all through the old testament age in him was life and the life was the light of men all his dealings with all mankind as well as israel were as the word of god even in the time of the assumption of his kingly office before taking to himself openly the kingdom but in the preparatory conflict leading the victorious hosts of heaven the name he then assumes is this his first title it is recorded his name is called the word of god this title however does not express all of christ's nature or work it is expressive of intellectual rather than affectional nature but more than intellectual or even dynamic display is necessary for redemption christ must become man and man is more than intellect this title then expresses god's work in nature up to his incarnation when we read and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory glory as of the only begotten from the father full of grace and truth christ then under this title must be regarded as the scripture indicates as manifesting himself in his first and partial revelation it is the christ of wisdom and power the qualities necessary in the work of creation and also seen in the old testament where these qualities characterize the divine actings in this title and power christ advances to the execution of the great plan which lay before him we can judge his thoughts in a limited way by our own as man is in the divine image and reflects the divine nature even in his ruined state we with the spirit of god may enter into some apprehension of the mind of christ in this his first revealed acting we see him looking out into an empty universe and down the long vista of the eternal ages with feelings infinite yet comprehensible infinity is not absence of all such feelings as we know but rather intensity and infinity of them so christ we may believe look forward with expectancy confidence and triumph he well knows all which is involved in bringing into existence created beings with all their frailty and indeed certainty of erring and failing he sees the final outcome and it is infinitely glorious 
it is all one great plan in which everything has its place and works out its intended purpose in all to display the glory of god and the grace he is to show to the coming universe and all its beings end of chapter one